Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There was a woman who had a hard time finding her purpose in life. And she kept looking for it in all of the wrong places. Some nights she would go out uh, out on the town seeing if she could meet someone who would make her feel like she was wanted. And every few months she entered into a different relationship with someone else. But no matter who she was with, she was never satisfied. Sometimes uh, this woman also went to the political rallies because when she would arrive at such a mess and gathering and, and a movement, she felt like she was part of something bigger than herself and she felt like she belonged. Yet when the person she voted for wasn't elected, all hope was gone and she didn't know where to look. This same woman, when she graduated from college, she got a, a job right away using her degree. But after a few short months of not really feeling like it was the right fit, she quit her job and has been looking for work ever since. This woman didn't admit it, but she was spiritually thirsty and spiritually hungry for something more but she looked for satisfaction in all the wrong places. Maybe you know someone like this. Maybe this is you. The woman that we meet today in John chapter 4 is in many ways similar to this fictional character I just described. The woman we meet in John chapter 4, she's made a lot of mistakes in her past, she shouldn't have been loved, in particular, by someone like Jesus. Yet, she is exactly the person that Jesus came into this world for. Jesus loves the unlovable, and he brings eternal sustenance to those who are thirsty and hungry. Here's what happens in John chapter 4. Let me just recount it for you. Jesus, at the end of John chapter 3, was in Jerusalem, and now he has left Jerusalem, and he's heading north to the region of Galilee. Here, you can take a look at this map of some of the wanderings of Jesus in his early days in John's gospel. So Jesus was in Jerusalem, and then he went to the Judean wilderness, and now he's on his way north to Galilee. But many Jews, most Jews would have taken a different route than Jesus. You see, Jesus decided to travel straight through this region called Samaria, which is north of Jerusalem. Most Jews on their way to Galilee would have crossed over the Jordan River and gone up the eastern shore of the Jordan River to avoid the Samaritans. The Samaritans are ancient relatives of the Jewish people. They are the descendants of the northern kingdom of Israel. But the northern kingdom of Israel, after being exiled, ended up intermarrying with foreign people. And ever since then, this ancient feud, going back hundreds of years, the Jews and the Samaritans mutually hate 
one another. They can't stand one another. They both think that they are the rightful heirs of God's inheritance, and they literally hate one another. So when John says that Jesus decides to travel through Samaria, as a reader, automatically the reader should be going, what in the world is Jesus, a Jew, doing traveling through Samaria? But once they get to Samaria, this town called Sakar, Jesus, it says, is tired. Not from a time change. <laughs> he's tired from walking, and he's thirsty. And so he sits down beside this well called Jacob's Well, and his disciples go into town to buy some food. So there's Jesus sitting by himself. And it's the sixth hour of the day. Jewish people, they uh, counted time beginning at about 6 a.m. and going to 6 p.m. So when it says it's the sixth hour, that makes it about noon. Now, most people would go to draw water from the well in the cool hours of morning and evening, not in the heat of the day at noon. But here's Jesus sitting at this well, and now here comes a woman by herself, a Samaritan woman, to the well in the heat of the day. Why is she going here in the heat of the day? Is she, is she embarrassed about her life? Maybe. Do, does she not want to be seen by people in the town? Perhaps. But most of all, what we see here is God's divine orienting of time because here is Jesus and here comes a spiritually and physically thirsty person to interact with Jesus. See, at this point, Jesus is so thirsty and tired from his travels that he's just sitting there by the well and he's got nothing to draw water with. And here comes a woman with a jar to draw water with. And so Jesus says to this woman, woman, will you get me a drink from the well? Well, automatically, you, you notice the woman is automatically off-put by this interaction. He's a, this man is a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. What is he doing asking me for a drink? We're not supposed to interact. Hey, if you brought your journaling Bible with you, now's a great time to take it out and follow along with this interaction that's about to happen. We're in John chapter 4. I'm going to start at verse 10 here. So in John 4 verse 10, Jesus has just said to the woman, you know, I want a drink. And the woman says, I, I, I don't, I don't, how, how can you ask me for a drink? I'm a, I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew. And then they have this interchange back and forth. And Jesus says to her, you know, if you understood who it is that you are speaking to, you would know that I could give you living water. And at first the woman doesn't understand what he's talking about. What does he mean that he can give me living water? And so she challenges Jesus and she says, who do you think you are? How can you give me living water? You don't even have anything to, to reach into the well with and get any kind of water with. Who do you think you are? And Jesus responds to her, woman, if you drink water from this well you know that you're going to have to come back time and time again because you're going to get thirsty time and time again. But if you drink the water that I have to give you, you will receive eternal life. And the, and the woman says, well, give me this water because I would love to have that gift. And, and frankly, if I don't have to come back here day after day to get more water, I would love to have that gift. And then Jesus in verse 16 just starkly says to her, go call your husband. 
Which, by the way, does not mean that she is legally married to this man. In the Greek language, the word for husband and the word for man are actually the same words. And so you just kind of have to figure it out by context. And so Jesus is saying, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. Right? And Jesus says, you're right, you don't have a husband. Actually, as a matter of fact, in the past, you've had five husbands. And the one you're with now is not your husband. The woman is so surprised with Jesus' knowledge of her personal life. How in the world does he know this? This woman, as a Samaritan, uh, the Samaritans, they also believed that there would be a Christ. They believed that there would be a Messiah. And they believed that when that Messiah came, he would tell you all things about your life. And so, all of a sudden, the Samaritan woman's going, whoa, is this the Christ? Is this the promised Messiah. And Jesus says to her, I who speak to you am he. That is verse 26. I who speak to you am he. At this point, the disciples come back and they see Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman and their minds are going, what in the world is he doing? We're not supposed to be here. Who is this woman? We don't like her. But John actually records that they, they only think those thoughts. They never say them out loud to Jesus. And John writes that very interestingly. But as soon as they get there, the woman leaves her jar and she goes to town. And when she gets to town, she starts telling everybody in town, come and see, I think the Christ is here. He told me everything about my life. And, and she's not embarrassed to say that to the people, but she's saying he's here. And people trust her. They believe her. They're so curious about her word that they come directly to Jesus. And then they say, wow, we believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. But now that we see you, Jesus, we believe in you because we've seen you with our own eyes. And then Jesus actually spends two whole days here with the Samaritans teaching them about his kingdom. Jesus offered living water to a physically and spiritually thirsty woman. Do you know that 75% of the American population is chronically dehydrated? Literally. 75% of you sitting in this room literally don't drink enough water. And some of you know it. Listen to this statement, okay? Here's the statement. Humans have an unquenchable thirst for water. It's the most important nutrient for us on the planet, and ideally we should be drinking water every day. For many, it's a challenge to keep up with this near-constant need for water. Dehydration is one of the most common preventable medical conditions in the world, and it affects millions in the United States. Yet for something so common, most of us are unaware of its dangers. Now, here are just a few of the symptoms of chronic dehydration. Dehydration causes fatigue. If you're thirsty, it means that you're already dehydrated. Dehydration causes irritability, foggy memory, and stress. And ultimately, if left unchecked, you will die from not drinking water. Actually, all this talking about water is making me thirsty, so... Um, you know, just pardon me for a second. This is kind of selfish. 
actually, it was at this point in my sermon, I had this idea to have the ushers wheel in like a, a big cart of water bottles and pass out bottles of water to you. And I obviously didn't do that. So, moving right along. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Get a drink when we're all done. Just like many people, though, that are physically dehydrated, many people are also spiritually dehydrated. And some people do this with Jesus. This is how many people's relationship is with Jesus. They take little, little sips of Jesus when they get that, you know, cotton mouth feel in their soul. And they say, I could use a little bit of Jesus right now. And obviously that's not bad to seek Jesus. Obviously that's not bad. Obviously he will give you what you need in that moment. But just like literal water, by the time that you realize that you need Jesus in your life, by the time you realize that you're thirsty for Jesus, you're already spiritually dehydrated. You actually need Jesus in your life constantly, not just when you feel like you need him. And just like water is our deepest human need, Jesus is our deepest spiritual need. I read for you that statement about chronic dehydration in America, but look what happens if we replace the word water with the name Jesus. Humans have an unquenchable thirst for Jesus. He is the most important nutrient for us on the planet, and we should be drinking Jesus every day. Lack of Jesus is one of the most common preventable conditions in the world, and it affects millions in the United States, which is true. Yet for something so common, most of us are unaware of its dangers. <laughs> Frankly, some of the same symptoms that exist from physical dehydration are also present with spiritual dehydration. Those who are spiritually dehydrated also suffer from fatigue and thirst stress, and ultimately death. You know this, right? Isn't this the common sinful problem, the common sinful American problem? So many people live spiritually dehydrated, looking and searching for sustenance in this world, looking for that little sip of something that will fill their soul. And we all do it. Not just them out there, but even us in here. So often we look to other places to fill our deepest needs, but ultimately what we are dehydrated and need is Jesus. We need that stream of living water to pour into our lives because what Jesus promises is not just momentary physical hydration, but Jesus, the living water, promises us eternal life. Eternal life. As the ministry of Jesus goes on, and already prior to this instance in John chapters 1 through 3, we have already heard multiple times in John's gospel that Jesus speaks and says, I come to bring you eternal life. We should know this now, and when we read the Gospel of John, where Jesus is, there is life. Life is such an important theme in John's Gospel. So much so that 36 times, 36 times, uh, John uh, gives direct quotation from Jesus that Jesus came to bring 
life. And just as an aside, I told the kids, but I'll tell you now, that word zoe, or the, or the English name zoe, zoe means from Greek, life, life, zoe. I've come to bring you zoe. I've come to bring you life. This is what we hear today. Jesus brings life to the spiritually dehydrated. People like you, people like me, People like the woman at the well, people like our fictional character looking for purpose in all the wrong places. And Jesus was born to bring life to the spiritually dehydrated, but also Jesus comes to bring life to the spiritually hungry as well. I want to turn your attention just briefly to John chapter 6. If you've got your journal, you can turn there as well. John chapter 6. Not only does Jesus come to bring water to the thirsty, he comes to bring bread to the hungry. In John chapter 6, Jesus has just miraculously fed the 5,000 people. You can read about it if you don't know how he did that. But right after that, that that night, Jesus fed 5,000 people. The next day, those 5,000 people wake up and their tummies are rumbling. And they go, well, where is Jesus now? We're hungry. And so they go in search of Jesus. They get into some boats because Jesus has gone across the lake and they go and they find him. And Jesus responds to them with a very similar statement as he responded to the spiritually dehydrated woman at the well. Turn to John chapter 6, verse 27. Jesus says to them, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give to you. Jesus is saying, you're, just, you're coming to me because you're physically hungry, but let me tell you of your deeper need, you're spiritually hungry. And then multiple times after that, throughout John 6, Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever comes to me will not thirst. I'm the bread of life. Jesus came to bring life to the thirsty, and he came to bring life to the hungry, and Jesus is offering to you the same gift right now. Today, Jesus' desire for you is that you are alive in Christ. Not alive with the momentary satisfactions of this world, but alive in Christ. And Jesus is here to offer you this gift of eternal life. He wants your life to be one that is flowing with these streams of living water. As a matter of fact, if you've got this journal with me, I don't have a slide for this, but you can turn here if you've got it. John chapter 7, John chapter 7 verse 38. John 7 verse 38, Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow streams of living water. When you believe in Jesus, the living water from Jesus comes to you and flows out through you into this world so that your life, others may also receive those streams of living water from Jesus Christ. Jesus is offering you life, eternal life right now, right now. I've got a little bit of homework for you this next week. I hope you can handle it. First of all, it is this, the the ongoing reading. Read John chapters 8 through 10 next week, okay? That's what we're going to be covering, John chapter 8 through 10. Secondly, here is the rest of your homework. 
drink more water. Literally. Seriously. If you don't have a, I'm serious. If you don't have a water bottle, get a water bottle and drink more water. Why? One, because Jesus cares about you physically and it would be good for your body to drink more water if you're chronically dehydrated. But also, as you're doing this, as you're drinking more water, this can be, for you, a time of personal devotion. When you drink a sip of water, you can say to Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for this water. Thank you for this life. But also know this. If you're not chronically dehydrated and you're somebody who is well hydrated, maybe you know this reality. When you're well hydrated and you, and you drink a lot of water, you, are, you, you more quickly notice when you need water. You're more aware of your need for water when you drink more water, right? If you're chronically dehydrated, you might just think that feeling crummy is the way that it's supposed to be when in actuality, maybe some of that crummy feeling could be solved with drinking more water. So it is with Jesus when you spend more time with Jesus, the living water, you will realize that you actually need him all the time, not just when you feel like you need a drink. So here's your homework. Read John 8 through 10. Drink more water. And when you do, with each drink, pray and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for this water. I need you, not only in this moment, but always. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this life. Thank you for eternal life. Amen. Amen.